Hello everyone and welcome back to Knowing Wheel, episode 89, is it Jamie? 89, I believe, yes. 89 We, did, we forgot to shout out Rio Harianto last week because they're a big We thing. did forget to do the Rio Harianto tribute show last week, but this is going to be the Rio Harianto plus one tribute show then, I suppose. But yeah, before we get into it though, as always, Jamie, how, how are we doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. Um, there's a, a World Cup match going on right now, so if you hear some noises... My half Korean housemate is watching Korea probably lose to Brazil. So I think they apologies might already be losing to Brazil, aren't they? Yeah, they are two 0 which is a shame. But there we go. Ah, aren't we ten <laughs> minutes in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't fancy South Korea's chances anymore. No. But we we have got more important things to be dealing with tonight. You know, the World Cup. Eh, it don't really matter to anyone, does it really <laughs> nowadays? Um, we're back. This time round, of course, if you missed out last week's show, uh, we went through and, of course, reacted to our predictions and where the real-life F1 2022 season uh, finished. I would highly recommend going back and checking that out. Uh, but today, we are returning with the most anticipated video of 2022. It's time for another tier list. This time round, we're going to be ranking all of the 2022 drivers. Now, sadly, we couldn't find a tier list that had Hulkenberg and DeFries in it that also isn't filled with random other clutter. So, I mean, looking at this, we've got Kimi Raikkonen, we've got Robert Kubica, Pietro Fittipaldi. I think the funniest one is Roy Nassani and Nikita Mazepin. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to be going through the drivers that actually raced in 2022. Now, are we going to do this in reverse championship order, Jamie? Yeah, let's do it. Do you know let's the do reverse, it in reverse championship, championship order? Roughly. Okay. But... Before we get into that, of course, as always, links down below in the description as well. Of course, Spotify, uh, Manscaped, F1 merch, uh, Bybit. It'll all be linked down below as well if you want to go check stuff out. And yeah, definitely would be greatly, greatly appreciated if you give us a follow over on the Spotify. 38% of you that listen to these on Spotify are following. So what are the other 62% of you doing? Get following now. Um, let's jump into this, though. Last, of course, in the real-life 2022 season, Jamie, and probably the worst driver of the year. It's Nico Hülkenberg. The worst. Uh, sorry, the worst driver of 2022. That's outrageous oh. from you to begin with. Um, <laughs> Just thought I'd get that. Yeah. In there. What was it? Two races at the start of the year, having not. You know, really bad Aston Martin. Really bad Aston Martin was one-one versus strolling quality and race in which that time. Which is not that good. Which is not bad. Against Stroll, mate. Well, having not had a pre-season and never driven the car before, it's not that bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. I, suppose. Um, I mean, it was nothing special. He did basically finish last of the drivers who finished in both races. Well, he got but... taken out in, in Saudi, didn't he? No. Oh, did he? Did he? I no. don't think so. Was it Stroll that Stroll got took out, out Albon right at the end for no uh, reason. Ah, yes, sorry, I do remember. Um, so it would have been 2-0 to Stroll Yeah, in the, the race, yeah. But having not had any pre-season or winter training, that's not that bad. I would... I would... I would uh, go average. It was nothing special, but it was solid, which is what you can I, expect I, from Hulk. I think average is completely fair. Like we said, he had no winter testing, no sort of preseason, anything like that. Got called up again. He didn't quite deliver the heroics that he did in 2020, um, but, you know, Nico Hulkenberg did his thing and, you know, helped Aston Martin out right when they needed him. On to position 21 then, Jamie. It's our other reserve driver who actually got the call up in 2022 it's nick defries indeed and yeah he it kind of all came together for him didn't it the the one yeah the one race it couldn't have yeah gone much better he was nowhere near getting a 2023 full-time drive and then one bit of luck with albin unfortunately having was it tonsillitis or some other illness appendicitis, appendicitis think, yeah yeah um yeah it all fell together to have appendicitis at william's best track of the year and De Vries, too fair to him, did a very good job. Um, obviously, the bar of Latifi is fairly low to beat. on the floor, isn't yeah. <laughs> um, But he did well, and he's earned himself a 2023 drive, as is Hulkenberg, actually, which is quite curious. Um, but yeah, I think probably average as well. Only Obviously, only one race. It's quite hard to judge. Um, maybe good. Maybe good's fair. I, I was going to argue there for good, to be honest with you. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've discussed this before, haven't we? It was really the perfect storm for Nick DeFries. He came in at a track that Williams were going to be fairly competitive at. He did quite well in qualifying, of course, to get into... I think he made Q3, didn't he? Or he started he, he inside started the top inside 10 top because 10, yeah. a lot of other people had grid penalties. And, of course, that Williams, as we've seen a few times this year, especially around the high-speed circuits, just can sit in front of other cars and they can't really do anything about it. They can't overtake. If he if he got jumped, then he was out of it. Yeah. 
Um, but two points on his F1 debut in a Williams in this day and age, that that is good in my eyes. Yeah, I yeah. think good is a fair racing there. Uh, P20 then, Jamie, and last of our full-time runners. It's the GOAT himself. He's not returning for 2023. It's poor old Nicholas Latifi. Yes. Um, and we, there's one uh, category that stands out for me in this in this case. Uh, and that is different gravy. No, it's not. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, he had his time. He did it okay in his three years in F1. Um helped Verstappen to a world championship and then peaced yep. out and now he's gone <laughs> pretty much you you've summed it up pretty well there, to be <laughs> honest I mean again it kind of felt like you know we, we spoke about Latifi towards the end of last year didn't we and it felt like he was starting to make a bit of progress of course in those last few weekends you know part of that was probably due uh, to George Russell basically checking out Williams not worrying anymore um, but you know Latifi had a couple of promising races in 2021 and really with the exception of Suzuka this year and Britain qualifying it just never really materialized for him and even Suzuka uh, was pretty much luck based yeah. anyway uh, was further off Alex Albon this year in terms of qualifying average than he was off of um, George Russell last year as well just never really adapted to the car or pushed on did he and to be honest he was probably quite lucky that he came into Formula 1 when he did with Covid and Williams struggling because mm. there's no way a driver let's be fair his lack of talent should be in F1 for three years yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, basically, you've summed it up pretty well. Thank you very much. Uh, P19 then, Jamie, overall, it's young Alex Albon, and what a feel-good story. <laughs> uh, sorry, what? that sounds like a Brazilian goal. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Brazil scored yeah. again, I think. <laughs> uh, Alex Albon, though, what a turnaround it's been from him after his fourth sabbatical. Yeah, and it's actually fairly common among the drivers now for... Yeah, some weird reason. A lot of them have had a year out at some point in their career. Or maybe not a lot, mm. but a few. Certainly more than you would expect. And most of them come back and they haven't really lost anything, which is quite impressive. And yeah, it was kind of exactly what he needed. Obviously quite a friendly, low-pressure environment almost. And he's basically thrived. Like, dragging out Williams to places it definitely shouldn't have been. And yeah, I think the impressive thing wasn't just the points, but it was also almost guaranteed he would be the driver to pick up the p12s the p13s which is what six or seven places above where williams should be and just pick it and unfortunately there's no points for them obviously you don't get much recognition but he was always there he didn't really throw it in the wall very often he never got involved in that many scraps and yeah it was just very very solid throughout the whole season um i would argue for great maybe for alban it might be a bit excessive but it's at least good i would definitely say that I think definitely, yeah. I was gonna, say, I was gonna say good, definitely better than DeFries, of course. Mm. Um, you know, like like you said, obviously you've wrapped it up quite nicely there. But Albon just had a quietly consistent year, and absolutely cemented himself as a dominant Williams number one against Latifi because it could have been quite easy, couldn't it? After a year out for him to come back in, struggle to adapt to the Williams, be quicker than Latifi, but not by much, and just not really convince them that that's what Williams needed. But he ran a very, very good year like we said, quietly picked up a lot of decent results for the team. Of course, there were some weekends where Williams were just nowhere. Mm. And of course, he could only just finish ahead of Latifi. But there were a lot of weekends where if they were close to the few teams in front of them, you know, we could get in the mix there. How um, many races you know, were there this year? 23? 21. 21, okay. 22? 22. Well, Albon obviously missed one in, in Italy. Um, yeah. But he got 13 P13s or above. Yeah which is like pretty incredible that's mega a car in, that in a Williams car that was last I yeah. think you've convinced me Jamie we're putting him in great season yeah, Alex Albon after being a bit worried that he'd come back and still be a bit mediocre he kind of had a bit of a year didn't he like he had in the half season he was at Toro Rosso yeah yeah where he just picks up good results he and clearly I don't, is a very very good midfield driver yeah I don't think he's like he's obviously had his shot almost at the top team I don't think he'll it will certainly be a long time before he gets another one of those but he's certainly a driver similar to the likes of you know Ocon or Gasly or those sort of midfield level drivers who are perfectly good and he had a very great season so i think it's very difficult as well of course because that red bull team especially with gasly and album there it's kind of that weird thing of course of on paper they had a front-running car but my god it must have been an absolute hog to try and drive for yeah like it was never really a fair shot at the front was it not really not really um 
I mean, I'd like to see him get another another go in a few years, maybe, but I I don't really see it personally. Unfortunately, for you him. just don't want to, you just don't want to see him at Red Bull for it. Do you? No, I think this is no. the problem, isn't it? Because Red Bull is such a team just geared to Verstappen. I mean, what we've said it before, haven't we? Red Bull are probably looking for Lando Norris as their second. It yeah. just makes sense. Um, but you're just not really going to get a chance. You're not going to get a fair chance up against Max, are you? Anyway, irrespective of how good Max is. It's a team completely set up for Max mm. and around Max, so of course they're going to give him a car that suits him. It's just a shame for pretty much every other driver. His driving in the style world is ridiculous. <laughs> that his driving style is bizarre, but it is what it is. Uh, talk me through our next driver, then, Jamie. Oh, who, if I'm not mistaken, is Zhou Guan Yu. Indeed, it is, and he is uh, obviously rookie of the year, which is nice. Um, yep. won that award at Autosport um, over the weekend, which is cool. Uh, I think on paper, if you just look at the points, it looks quite uh, quite bad compared to Bottas but we've gone over it many times the car was rapid at the start of the year and then as soon as Joe was on par with Bottas the car was no longer capable of scoring points on a regular basis um, I think on par is strong maybe not on par but close as soon as he to was, Bottas he was getting closer yeah. definitely um, and yeah I think it was a perfectly reasonable rookie season obviously Bottas is a really quick driver who just can't really race people um, and Joe did very well against him uh, certainly respectively well against him I think good would be fair for this I think Alvin's probably doing better um, but if he kicks on he's done, certainly laid a good foundation um, obviously only six points is a little disappointing but the amount of times he lost points to reliability and also just the car wasn't there at the times when he was good at the end of the season um, it's a shame for him but he can kick on next year Exactly. And like we said last week, you know, he cemented himself within that Alfa Romeo team and proven that if he is still a placeholder for Terra Porcher in the future, that, you know, maybe another team will give him the call up yeah. down the line. I think good is completely fair for Zhou Guan Yu for a debut year. I'm going to put him below De Freeze, though. Okay. <laughs> is that fair? All I'm thinking is just obviously De Freeze came in in a worse car and scored points immediately. Yes, it was only one race, <laughs> and it was, as we said, a lucky one. But he did come in and immediately deliver where Zhou Guan Yu did. Well, what did Zhou do on his first race? Score points? Oh, yeah. Did he? Got he ten, scored a point. Tenth place. He did score a point, didn't he? Fair play. <laughs> yep, you're absolutely right. You know what? I'll give you that. I had forgot that, to be honest. There you go. I will give you that. The Zhou propaganda is what I excel at, so there you go. Exactly, exactly. Uh, who's next up, Jamie? Is it Yuki Sonoda? P17 for Sonoda. Tough year. Tough yeah, year, wasn't yeah. it? And he had all but one of his points by Spain which is kind of mad. He got 12 points over the course of the year. Um, obviously, the AlphaTauri was not the AlphaTauri 2021, which was a problem for him. Um, and it's, it's really hard to, to judge both drivers against each other, really, just because the car was so inconsistent. Um, yeah. And obviously, the peak in Baku, where Snowden was probably on for P6 with the when he had the DRS failure. Yeah. Um, that obviously cost him a, that's what, eight points, which is hefty, when he only scored 12 across the season. Um but yeah, it it was it was somewhere between good and average. I would say he was still lost to Gasly, but he made big steps compared to twenty one. Um, but I think he's going to be under the knife again in twenty twenty two. Is that no? That's yes. an operation, isn't it? Under the hammer. I don't know the saying. Under, under the microscope. Under something. Under helmet Marco's microscope. That's for sure. In twenty twenty three. Yeah, I yeah. think this was the thing, wasn't it, for Yuki? Because let's be fair, he did have he didn't have a particularly great twenty twenty one. He has certainly pushed forward in twenty twenty two. But if he doesn't, at, at the very least, match the freeze next year, I think that might be him on the way out of the yeah. Alpha Tower. On paper, program. he should be the team leader just based on experience in F one. But obviously, Derice, should be. Derice has but, had way more years of experience racing. Um, yeah, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. It will be very, very interesting to see how that team dynamic plays up next year. And Alpha Tauri 2023, of course, have got by far away the shortest lineup in F1. But yeah, I think a good uh, average. Eh. I think top of average. He I was. Mean, he yeah, was all better right. than Hulkenberg yeah. still. Better than Hulkenberg still. Um, moving on though, is it Lance Stroll up next, Jamie? It's Nicholas Schumacher. Oh, sorry, yeah, I completely forgot about Mick, as did most of us this year, because let's be fair, it was not particularly great. No, it certainly wasn't. Um, he kind of, yeah, spent the first half of the year crashing, and then turned a corner for two races, and then it all went wrong again. Uh, and he just never really, yeah, picked up. Obviously, the two-point scores 
in Britain and Austria were definitely the high point. And if he'd have kicked on from that and actually delivered some more points consistently, uh, maybe they'd have given him another year. Um, but unfortunately for him and all his fans, that just didn't happen. Um, and yeah, no more points after Austria when Magnussen, yeah. well, he got a couple yeah, a couple more ninth in, in USA and the pole position and eighth in the sprint in Sao Paulo. So it wasn't exactly... Yeah, the car didn't definitely wasn't. The car there. kind of fell yeah. apart, didn't it? That was yeah. kind of the problem as well. He didn't help Mick Schumacher, and I mean, again, he was unlucky not to score points in Canada. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that as that well. Was liability. Uh, and Miami, where he crashed into Seb. Don't but, have yeah. any sympathy for that. <laughs> no, nor do I. But it was yeah, it's been a tough year for Mick, hasn't it? Really, yeah. hasn't. I think this is the problem, wasn't it? We kind of, you know, it, it's kind of helped us realize well just how beyond awful Mazepin was last year. Yeah. The yeah. fact that Mick wiped the floor with him, and Mick's—I think we've kind of agreed, haven't we, in the past—that Mick was pretty much the second worst driver in 2022. He was only really better than yeah. Latifi, to be honest. And I know a lot of people don't like hearing it, but there is a he reason he's better than anyone seat. else. Yeah, exactly. It's—it's not—it's not nice. It's a cutthroat world, Formula One, and unfortunately, Mick Schumacher. Again, you know, we're still adamant there's something else going on there down at Haas. Yeah, um, I think whether they, there was a lot like... of beef behind the scenes they like drivers who are very easy to work with and i feel like for all the uh, k mag he's fairly like he's very matter of fact though isn't he matches gunther steiner quite a lot yeah yeah i suppose but like with mick schumacher there's so much background the complications from the schumacher family and influences there it probably just isn't isn't what they want so they've got Mm, rid yeah difficult difficult of course and i think we're intrigued to see where mick schumacher goes from here um but i don't think I think bad is probably fair. Yeah, I think so. Like we said, only really better than Latifi this year. Not not a season to remember for young Mick. But, you know, perhaps again, like we've said with a lot of other drivers already, um, pretty much every other driver on this board, with the exception of Zhou Guanyu and Latifi and, and Sonoda, so half of them, uh, you know, they might take a year out and then come back. Yeah, true, true. And, yeah, Schumacher, obviously, he's got ambitions to stay in Formula 1. Um, he's probably... If he got another shot, I don't think I'd be that annoyed. Um, no. It but, depends yeah. where, doesn't it, really, yeah, it does. I think. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see uh, as to what happens to young Mick in the future then. Now is it Lance Stroll, Jamie? I keep staring at his big grin. Yeah. And he's had a, such a typical Lance Stroll season where he's just quite inoffensive. He's just sort of there, doesn't really qualify that well, gets good starts, picks up points here and there and loses to his teammate that basically the Lance Stroll <laughs> system it's not failed him so far with daddy's no. cash has and it? he's too fair to him he's obviously a much better driver now than he was when he came into F1 super raw at 18 um, which is what six years ago now 2017 2017 he came into F1 which um, is mad to think about yeah so he's he's clearly he's an adequate driver but he's I, I don't think he's ever going to go much more than that Unfortunately, I mean, let's be fair. There's there's one word to describe Lance Stroll, isn't there, in Formula One, and that is bang average. Mm, yeah, bang average. Yeah. And I think he shows very he shows flashes of speed, but it's never really going to amount to anything. I don't no, think. he's yeah, he's never quite going to have the consistency to hook up a full season no. or anything like that. Even if Aston Martin do give him a car uh, that could deliver next year, Fernando Alonso is absolutely going to destroy him. Oh yeah, he's him. licking his lips. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I wonder how many letters he's going to be sending to his dad. About, Alonso <laughs> was mean to me again. Get Alonso rid of Alonso. Did this. <laughs> Alonso did that. Daddy, it's not fair. I reckon Lance Stroll is the kind of guy that still calls his dad daddy. <laughs> I don't you know, think about that to be honest. Just like rich, like, daddy, it's not fair, that sort of thing. <laughs> you, do you get what I mean? Do you get the vibe? Uh, less about your life, Matt. Let's move on. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Let's move on to P14, which was Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. Yeah, and it's. I'm a Gasly. F- I, I'm a Gasly sympathizer. I've got too many drivers. You're to a call Gasly myself. fan, Jamie. I'm a Don't too many. To I can't be a fan of like six drivers. I'm not one of them. You are though. You are. <laughs> that is just you in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I think it was probably it was a poor season from him compared to 2021. But the car didn't but help. But it was, yeah, a car yeah. kind of exposed that, didn't it? Completely. And he was consistently okay, but the car was just never really there for those results that he was pumping in in 2021, um, which was a shame. But he still pocketed Sonoda quite comfortably. 
Um, it was a little bit closer than the year before, but still. Yeah, it was shaky early on, wasn't it? Yeah. If I remember correctly. But yeah, first it five did races. Seem... So, but after that, it was yeah. basically fine. Gasly um, kind of got back up to speed and yeah. just kind of kicked on from there in a way yeah. that Yuki just didn't quite seem to. And I think obviously the fifth in Baku was easily the high, the highlight of the season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. I think it was not anything super special. But yeah, I think it was definitely a good season for Gasly, and he's obviously got a big move to a manufacturer, which hopefully he can kick on. Um, and that'll be a very curious lineup next season of who's going to come out on top. I think that's a really hard, hard one to call. Well, Ocon's better than Alonso, so he's going to wipe the floor <laughs> with Pierre. Okay, then. Russell, Sarah, <laughs> Hamilton, then get him eight titles. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> He'll get eight titles, don't you worry about that, my, my friend. Um, yeah, no, I think Gasly a good year, wasn't it? You know, a bit under the radar, a bit quiet, but yeah, it's yeah. just been a strange year of AlphaTauri, not really giving him a car uh, that was capable of fighting... Uh, is it Kevin Magnussen up next, Jamie? We're really testing my ability to remember the F1 standings in bu- in reverse. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Magnussen came 13th for Haas. And again, another one off the back of a year out. Um, and yeah, he hit the highs you know, he hit the lows as well over the course of the season, as we kind of expect from K-Mag. Um, yeah, very, very good. But interestingly, he did, in terms of race head-to-head, he did lose to Schumacher. Um because Madison basically was either on for scoring points or he just didn't really bother trying. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when he did score <coughs> points, obviously the fifth in Bahrain was incredible. Um, and then, of course, the pole position in Brazil. Um, yeah, I think very, very solid season. Very, He's kind of earned his shot uh, the third time round in F1. Um, very well indeed. He beat Schumacher fairly comfortably, obviously a lot more points. 30, no, 25 to 12 against Schumacher. And yeah, just that pole position just crowned the whole season. His re- successful return, and he's kind of everything that Haas would have expected, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, expected because he's been there before, so they already know yeah, what the deal. Yeah, they quite well knew. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it again. Okay, it's kind of funny, isn't it, when you still think back to the start of the year, the fact they used all of Mazepin's money, and then the they probably wouldn't have scored points this year if. With either car, if it wasn't for Kevin, because of course he's probably been able to help steer the setup in the right direction yeah. in a way that Mick Schumacher still probably wouldn't know. So, to be honest, there's a very real op- possibility that had Kevin not come back, Haas could have been last again in 2022, and that might just well have been them down and out of mm. Formula One. Um, I think a good year though for Kevin Magnussen. Uh, yeah. It's quite sort of you know nice to remember like the Bahrains and the Brazil pole and this, that, and the other. Has always come out of the gate strong at the start of the year. We don't know why it just seems to happen. Austria as well is always a really strong track for them. Again, we don't yeah. really know why it just seems to happen. Uh, and then obviously that Brazil qualifying lap was a bit special. But as you mentioned, throughout a lot of the year still, despite those highs, there were also quite a lot of quiet moments. Mm. And I think, you know, the fact that Albon, I reckon, probably had a better year than Kevin Magnussen when you think about how less of a car he had. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think good is fair. Um, interesting as well. good. Magnuson, Top of good. Magnuson did score in every sprint, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking yeah. back, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah. Not many know. drivers can lay claim to that, can they, this year? Uh, were the sprints that mixed up? I think a lot of them probably could. Well, maybe. Certainly thinking, the top there's, six. Probably, there's probably only five or six drivers that score points in all three. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Who's up next, Jamie? Is it Sebastian Vettel? It is Sebastian Vettel, winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award and winner of his own side pod. Did you see that? He did win his own side. <laughs> did he actually win it? Did he? Well, I he saw the clip. Of I saw him wondering a, if he I did. saw a picture of his bid winning. I don't know if he actually won it in the end. Oh, fair but enough. I didn't know for sure whether he had actually Aston won his own side were, pod. We're trying to flog his side pod for auction. Um, and Vettel wanted it, so he put, he placed his own bid. So fair play. <laughs> Why not? To be fair to him, I don't blame him for that. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. good, I think. It was, mm, yeah, kind of, obviously it didn't start very well with getting Shaky beginnings, getting wasn't COVID it? We really did crashing. think he maybe called off his retirement one year too late. But you know what? We got some prime Seb later on in we the did. year. Yeah, that's and a Zuka think... lap. The lap in Abu Dhabi in qualifying as well. And just, yep. yeah, consistently being really good across, the, certainly the second half of the season, it kind of picked up as the Aston got Martin better. As Aston Martin did. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the comeback in Japan after being last by turn one obviously helped by the fact he had nothing to lose by going for Inters. 
Um, basically did the same as Latifi yeah. and we said Latifi was all luck so. yeah yeah, it was quite lucky but he still qualified well in the first place um, just to spin off and then come back so you know what I think Seb did really well this season obviously he's a four time champ and the highs were not quite as high as they once were for him in the Aston Martin but I do think it's been a very maybe a great season for Seb maybe I'm just being nostalgic because he's leaving Oh, you know what? I think we're both going to be a bit nostalgic here. I th- I also think he had a great season in the end. You know, shaky start, but brought it back well. And I think you know for how much sort of stick we've given Seb over the last few years, I, I think you know I I wouldn't say exactly that we've been thoroughly mugged off this year, but I think he has proven himself. You know, Jamie actually in my driver of the year vote, he came second overall. Wow, he was that the is second just... best driver of 2022. That is nostalgia mentality. There right was there. a lot of nostalgia <laughs> there. I tell you what, but. Yep, Seb, fair play to him. Hats off. He had a good fun last year and I think a great season. I'm sure that's how he'd describe his year. I reckon he'd describe it as a great season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Who is up next? Is it Bottas? Was Danny Ricciardo. Oh, um, yes. Who, yeah, is quite lucky to only be, what, five? Well, there's only three drivers between him and Norris. Yeah. But there's a lot of points. points. Yeah. Um, He is lucky that he kind of yeah got the points in at certain points obviously australia was really good at the start and then kind of mexico and also finished fifth in singapore which people might forget but yeah mclaren had a really um, good weekend at singapore they did they did um it was straight up bad i'm gonna say it, <laughs> like, it was it was it? not ricardo's finest hour or finest year um oh, finest many hours yeah no no so yeah he's obviously out for a year now um maybe out forever but oh yeah i'm not convinced he's coming yeah. back bless him yeah i think that it's might a shame be the end of the it's F a real shame to see him see him on his way out but yeah he just didn't really have it against norris and it might be because norris is one of the best on the grid and i think he probably is i think people forget that yeah. yeah um but yeah it's it's a shame to see ricardo such a fall from grace even from like 2020 where he was fairly good at alpine uh, uh, Renault back he was then, pretty so. good at Renault. yeah yeah and then just even 2021 he at least had the highs to bat, to bail out the, the poor qualifying against Norris this year there's just been nothing really to shout about at all no he kind of got carried along didn't he into this year with that win at Monza and yeah. this year there's been nothing really uh, to show for it with the exception of a couple of okay results that really were far too far in between and I mean he's kind of like Mick Schumacher wasn't it he had two or three races that were pretty good and the rest of them were pretty woeful Mm. Uh, throughout most of the year so I think a bad season uh, by any stretch for the poor Daniel Ricciardo especially as a multiple Grand Prix winner Uh, let's go on then to someone else who to be honest had a bit of a year like Alex Albon didn't he Um, not quite from a year out but just got the job done picked up very very good points early on in the year Mm. and once again proved that might not be able to battle wheel to wheel still but when he's in the zone and when he's by himself on a track he is still a force to be reckoned with and that of course is now uh the middle-aged australian man that is valtteri bottas <laughs> yeah going through his midlife crisis a little early um, that is such a vibe i love that <laughs> yeah it was it was a really odd season for bottas he definitely made the most of the car when it was quick which was the first eight to nine races of the season um almost like basically comfy being best at rest most of the time and arguably get well, he's annoying mercedes on quite a frequent basis um yeah. But then, yeah, that weird spell from Britain until, well, Britain to USA, no points at all. Um, and then got a few towards the end in Mexico and Abu Dhabi. But um, yeah, it was just, uh, sorry, not Abu Dhabi, Mexico and Brazil for, for Bottas. Yeah, it was a very, very good season. Obviously the first out of the Mercedes umbrella since 2016. Um, and even then Williams. So, uh, but yeah, I think he's certainly proved that he's worth a space on the F1 grid which a lot of people are saying what's the point of carrying on when you're not going to get a chance like you are at Mercedes again but you know what there's there's more to F1 than just the drivers who are going to win championships and I think we can say that Bottas isn't one of those drivers but he's here for the ride and he certainly made the most of it in this in this year yeah exactly you think it was certainly going to be an interesting year for Bottas wasn't it you know like we said with Albon he did need to push on uh, quite well with Alfa Romeo. Obviously, frustrating time still. You know, that really unforced error at Cota uh, that potentially cost him a couple of points mm. that weekend. Um, 
But, you know, he was comfortably quicker than Joe throughout quite a lot of the year still. You said Joe was on pace with him a lot. There were still a few weekends yeah, uh, sort of dotted around, like Mexico, for example, uh, where Bottas was just leaps and bounds ahead of Joe still. Um, and then, of course, just went backwards during Grand Prix, unable to battle other cars. He just desperately needs to learn how to race wheel to wheel. Yeah. And he could be, again, a very, very good driver. But I think bottom of great season... Yeah, is I think fair? a tier above Joe is definitely fair, considering the points yeah. gap and qualifying gap. Yeah, um, yeah, fair play, Valtteri. Good, good season. Good man. Good Great man. Great season. Um, are we on to the Alpines? We next? are. Fernando Alonso. Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Let's get him into trash. Oh, there we go. Have him <laughs> every week. <laughs> get your comments in. Uh, yeah, Alonso was quality this season. And I don't want to hear otherwise. I'm maybe not different gravy, but he has to be in great at least for me. He was generally quicker than Ocon in qualifying, and definitely would have outscored him. Not had, by much though. Had the car worked, um, and yeah, just being super smooth all season, and yeah, the car just let him down so frequently. And here comes Matt to say that he's trash. No, no, I think you know Alonso again did have a very, very good year. Um, you know, six mechanical failures, if I remember correctly. A lot of points lost because of that. You know, he probably would have been world champion in his eyes had he not <laughs> had those mechanical failures. Um, but I think, yeah, a great season from Fernando Alonso was certainly fair. What, to be honest, what I was actually thinking about is where do we rank Ocon in comparison True. to that? Because yeah. Ocon wasn't actually that far away from him throughout a lot of the year. And let's not forget that there were quite a few weekends as well where Ocon was the number one within that team. Uh, I think Alonso was more than off- more often than not ahead. More often, Alonso was the number one. Yeah, don't get but me wrong. It wasn't like a but... trouncing at all. Ocon was no, very, exactly. very respectable. It's um, not like what's going to happen at Aston Martin next year. No, no. And Ocon is certainly very capable of claiming a very good season because it was. Um, yeah, but I do think that Alonso has to go in great. And I think Ocon at least is in good. I would maybe bottom of great as well because Alpine this season... I were very yeah, unalpine think... in the way that they actually were a capable team um yeah. other than reliability which i guess is quite important um <laughs> i think but, yeah. it would be unfair to put ocon in a different tier to alonso when he outscored him yeah even if it was 11 points and alonso lost at least about 40 That's but ocon 40. lost some as well ocon did lose some as well he just doesn't make as big a song and dance about True. it I True. think that's the thing, and I mean, it was quite funny, wasn't it, reading those comments from Ock on a couple of weeks ago after the season finished. Yeah. Um, talking about the fact he had to do all the work behind the scenes, which honestly, maybe it's because I'm not Alonso's biggest fan, <laughs> uh, does not surprise me for one second either. Well, do you know that Hamilton only started using a simulator because Max was so good in 2021. Before 2021, Hamilton never used simulators. Hamilton just didn't. Yeah, but Hamilton was still winning world championships. Yeah, he didn't need to. All over the time. Yeah. yeah, but no, there's a difference between using the simulator <laughs> and not doing any PR work for the team. Oh, well. Alonso's like, all the drivers it. hate doing the PR work. Only some of them... I mean, Hamilton stopped doing track walks for years, and the fact he yeah. could still come in, show up to a circuit on Thursday night or Friday morning, and still just run rings around everyone, goes to show just how good the GOAT is. <laughs> Before 2021, maybe, yeah. It's still now. Still now, my friend. Um, Lando Norris... What do we say about Lando Norris apart from he's different gravy and still slept on by a lot of people? He is massive. That McLaren should not have been that far ahead of those two Alpines, nor should he have been battling them as often as he did. No, not at all. And he, he yeah, the car was certainly not the fourth fastest this year. Um, no. And yeah. Nor did it finish fourth. Yeah, true. But he did effectively, only he only lost to the top three teams in the championship. Yeah. He did absolutely everything he could. clear of Ocon Alonso. So yes. he has to go yeah. a different grave. For me, he was probably the second most impressive driver this season. I would there. completely agree with you. I think so, yeah. that is completely fair. Roy Nassani was definitely our driver of the year. Um, <laughs> we might be British, <laughs> but I don't really care. Um, no, there, there's no... I think this is the thing, isn't it? Lando Norris is... I think It's kind of that weird thing, I think, that a lot of people seem to believe it's British bias, when actually it's just the fact Lando Norris is on the next level both him and George are phenomenal people just don't like the fact that because it's still quite a British dominated sport in terms of the media as well people don't like to accept that that those two are definitely world champion material Yeah, and that's they could be British they could be from anywhere 
those two are mega. Mm, Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. L- um, Lewis Hamilton indeed. up next. And yeah, really curious one. And I know Matt's going to bang the drum about he was testing the car so it doesn't count the first eight You're races. damn right I am. But he was, Hamilton was at least, he was, it was still a very great season, certainly from the point of Canada onwards. After Baku, yeah, Canada onwards yeah. was top from him. And he is quite unlucky to have finished sixth in the end. He probably should have got fourth at the least. Um, if, if Mercedes, even if they just had the car they had throughout the rest of the year, if they just had the data from the start of the season, I will genuinely say I reckon he could have been right in that fight with Perez and Leclerc, if not maybe finished runner-up this year. That's 68 points. I'm not sure he lost that many points. George Russell year. was right there still, and you think how much better Lewis was throughout most of the year than George. Mm, yeah. That's all I I think... I'm going to I'm not going to say it was a guarantee, but I think if they had the car they had throughout the year but with the data they had from Canada onwards. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Hamilton pretty much matched them from points there on anyway. Maybe uh, even I think he was Sheffield still behind Charles. both, but not by a lot, if I remember correctly. Because, um, yeah, he obviously had... There were a few weekends where Hamilton did drop absolute nothing races, um, yep. such as... Sadly, um, I watched one of them, Imola. Yeah, Imola and also... Um, Saudi. Uh, Belgium and Saudi and... Well, yeah. Belgium, Alonso took him out. Did he? I, yeah, I'm joking. Did he? No, <laughs> Hamilton, yeah, you know, I can, I, I can back my man, but he did also, yeah, ruin himself at Belgium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it think... was, it was still a great season, but it certainly wasn't his finest by any means. This is the thing, isn't it, with Hamilton? Like we can say all this, and by Hamilton standards, this was trash. It was his worst season the of all first time. First ever yeah. year in Formula One, <laughs> but still, by when the, the fact we're comparing the drivers compared to each other goes to show you know that Hamilton has still absolutely got it hasn't he and I think great season yeah, uh, yeah. certainly is there um, I would argue below Alonso but really? that's just me oh. do it I <laughs> I don't just I to don't, appease the comment section I don't I think they're on par I'm okay. going to say they're on par much like 2007 keep, well Hamilton beat Alonso <laughs> in 2007 just like he did this year but I'm going to keep swapping them over. Every, okay, every for the rest of, of the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. George, no, it wasn't George Russell. Sorry, next was it? It was Sainz. Carlos Sainz mm. in P5. Yeah. At and the I... highs of 2021. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry, I think yeah, I it's been a difficult season for Sainz. It's interesting because, yeah, he has obviously ticked up a few important things um, in terms of the first win, first polls. But yeah, it's kind of become obvious that he's not the driver that we thought he might have been after 2021. And he or the driver we'd hoped he would have been. Yeah, and he's definitely Ferrari's number two. And I think he knows that. And he's kind of trying to like get on top of it as soon as possible, obviously. obviously. But I don't think he will, to be honest. And a few... Charles Leclerc has a lot more power in that team than I think a lot of people realise right now. Yeah. He is effectively the Kylian Mbappe a Ferrari. Ferrari, pretty much at the moment. <laughs> Mbappe is probably a bit better than Leclerc is in his sport, but there we go. <laughs> eh, okay, I don't know enough about football. I'm not going to argue about that. But... Fair. Um, but yeah, I think science. Yeah, he probably should have at least been fourth in the championship, given how much better the Ferrari was than the Mercedes for most yeah. of the season. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not helped, of course, by the fact we you know we give Charles Leclerc a lot of sort of leeway because he's racing for Ferrari. I think it's only fair that we give Sainz the same yeah. respect as well. Yeah. Uh, a few unforced errors here and there, a couple of unlucky moments as well. But the fact he was going to finish sick this year in a Ferrari that should have been battling for the world championship. <laughs> you know, Red Bull had a quicker car throughout a lot of the year, but it should have been a bit closer, shouldn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, do we put I... him at the bottom of great or the top of good? Wow. Well, fair i was gonna go lower than that <laughs> really i was gonna go Where top gonna of average oh i think that's a bit unfair i wouldn't say he had a worse season than joe guanyu or nick de Vries. true true i i would argue magnuson was more impressive than than science though this season you know what i completely agree with you so maybe middle of good let's let's put him there yeah behind kevin magnuson that's fair that's fair that is i think we'll we'll agree there on we've that gone from science lovers to science haters in a year which, all the it comments last long. year I remember this video last year we got so much abuse for saying that science was better than Leclerc 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Russell, Jamie. Again, mm. we just spoke about him. Um, a, a weird year again. I feel like we're saying this about a lot of drivers, aren't we? First half of the year, mega. Then he tried to decapitate Zhou Guanyu, and yep. things kind of went a little bit shaky. And then he came out back after the summer break and just decided to play bumper cars for a couple of weekends. That being said, though, throughout a lot of the year, very consistent. And at the end of the day, outscored Lewis Hamilton in equal machinery, which not even Fernando Alonso can play. <laughs> My goat, Nico Rosberg. Get him in different gravy. Uh, yeah, I think much like the Alpines, kind of the wrong driver won the points battle, to be perfectly honest, yeah. based on the course of the season. But fair play to Russell. He did get that win. Um, obviously the the stars kind of aligned and Verstappen did us a favour by by screwing Hamilton over uh, <laughs> but yes um, I think yeah it's, a, it's definitely great same tier as Hamilton but I think slightly below um, yeah but he's definitely say, but... he's been exactly what Mercedes want in terms of the heir to the throne almost there yeah exactly yeah. exactly between Alonso and Albon Yes, I think we've got too many drivers in grades. To be honest, Might we have. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I, this is probably not. I don't think any of them deserve to get bumped. No, down. Vettel, Vettel does. Really? We, yeah. Are we dropping Vettel down? <laughs> good, are we? Okay. Jamie, Jamie's yeah. done that. Not been me, off the nostalgia. People. Been off. Get rid of it. Been off the nostalgia. Okay. Okay. Well, we're down to our final three then, Jamie. It's Sergio Perez. Yes. And he is sort of a typical. Red Bull second driver, even harking back to Mark Webber. A bit days. better than a typical Red Bull second driver of the modern era. I think, yeah, he's a bit like Mark Webber, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of not on par with their number one, but will pick up the Was it the start pieces. of the year? Yeah. But, yeah. That's, mm. when, when the car wasn't completely still... set up for Max, they were on par early on this yeah. year, or close to on par. They were certainly closer. Which, which shows how car dependent max can also be and also goes to show that max i think there's sort of this thing isn't there nowadays of course that max is kind of viewed as like this god within formula One. don't get me wrong you know he is a talent that you only really get two or three of in yeah. a generation but, but he's not in he's not invincible he's, he's not invincible he's not unbeatable and also we've got to remember that he is also in a car that is completely set up for him and you wonder how many other drivers we could we could talk about with the same praise as max if they were given the same treatment he's given mm, but then why wouldn't you if you're red bull give him that treatment because that's what no exactly i'm not saying it's the bad yeah. thing to do i'm absolutely not saying it's the bad yeah. thing to do but it does but, make you know, it quite a hard look, job when for you the look at driver. mercedes or you know ferrari if they just geared their car towards one driver it does make you wonder, doesn't it, for a moment? Yeah, and I think there's a reason Verstappen is so keen to like spend the rest of his career at Red Bull, to be honest. Because um, no one will give him the same treatment they do. Yeah, or he certainly, I feel like he's slightly less adaptable than people think. Um, yeah. But this is about Perez, this section, of course. So... It is about Perez. <laughs> it is quite but funny yeah. that we immediately start talking yeah. about Max. Um, he fucks up the f- few wins, obviously, the Monaco win. and Singapore. Singapore, King of the Streets. Uh, and streets, my guy. was that this year the pole, in pole position in Saudi one, yep should have had that race victory as well had he not been screwed by safety car uh, I still think Verstappen the player would have would have come back at him at, later in the race but he was certainly he was, was winning. pulling away early on and but it was only it, it was about 15 laps in wasn't it <laughs> yeah but he still was in con- absolute control of that race up till then and Fair I think enough. that could have made quite a change to his year overall potentially potentially but ultimately he did end up the season a long way off Max in qualifying and race trim. Um, yep. Unfortunate to not finish second in the end. Uh, but yeah, I well, think... Well, he had his reasons. <laughs> didn't actually make a difference. It didn't make a difference wise, at but all. Still. Um, yeah, I think it was certainly good from Perez. I don't know if it was great, just because the Are step forward... Are we seeing Sergio Perez had a worse year than Esteban Ocon and Valtteri Bottas? So actually, no, I, I would argue, yeah, yes, Bottas. he did. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Better than Seb? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, Seb fans. <laughs> yeah, Seb fans are going to be outside your house yeah. with torches tomorrow. Um, number two, the man that should have been world champion, <laughs> at least after round three. The only man we predicted correctly at the start of the season. The only man we both predicted correctly at the start of the season to finish runner-up is Charles Leclerc. And I tell you what, Jamie, I remember us having a discussion 
after it might have been Bahrain, it might have been Australia saying, you know what, we reckon that Ferrari car is going to go down in history as an iconic Ferrari car. And <laughs> then it just went absolutely atrociously. Didn't it was it? In such proper typical. Ferrari style. It was so. I think I said this similar thing last week, but it was. If you could have predicted a Ferrari season based with so say you know they have a very fast car they good the car is capable of battling for wins on a regular basis if you could pencil a ferrari season out in your head pre-season you could have so easily landed on what actually happened <laughs> pretty much Which, i don't get yeah. how a team can operate this consistently badly yeah yeah with it's, such great it's material impressive um, it is honestly like again, people talk about how Ferrari are the greatest team in Formula One. I know I've said this countless times before on the show, but it's actually impressive with, especially before the budget cap, with how much money they've had that they haven't won pretty much every year ever of Formula yeah, One. Yeah, if you discount They're one the... of the least effective teams I think the sports <laughs> ever had. If you discount the the what half a decade where they were invincible, they they're barely well, better the, than the, most the, other teams. The thing really. is, well, what people forget is that half a decade when they wasn't were even Ferrari. It was it was just when they weren't full entirely of Italians <laughs> in, in the team. Yeah. This yeah. is the thing, isn't it? They've gone back to full Italians, and it's just gone Pete Tong again. And now they've got rid of Bonotto as well. They've got through. I think it's five team principals since Mercedes or Red Bull changed theirs once. Yeah, Red Bull have crazy. never changed their principle, and Mercedes have once, and one of them was a Ferrari principle beforehand. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. But yeah, Ferrari... but Leclerc, to be fair to him, in the circumstances, did have at least a great season. Yeah, Most it was a great season from Leclerc still. Yeah, the car. Obviously, the mistakes need to go. Like the the france era was huge. i feel like france is remembered quite badly for him mm. it's kind of Imola didn't help his cause either Imola didn't help his cause either um yeah i think good season is I d- great season sorry i don't think this year we can put him in different gravy mm. there were just a couple too many errors i think um, i would put him above hamilton though because I th- the, the I flash would of speed argue, yeah. he's yeah. probably the fastest qualifier on the grid I would and, argue Charles Leclerc is up there with yeah. Urant and Senna's in terms of one lap pace. One lap, he just always Hamilton's. always pulls it out last minute, which is a really incredible skill to have. Um, but unfortunately, he's been done by a case of being a Ferrari driver this yeah. year. Exactly. And whether he'll be able to steer that team in a way that Michael Schumacher wanted to, because that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, we've touched upon it a minute ago. Charles Leclerc is probably the only other Ferrari driver we've seen that's got control over that team in a similar way to Schumacher did, mm. which most notably and most reported on, Sebastian Vettel absolutely did not on the Yeah, other he hand. never got it. Yeah. So it does make you wonder whether we could still see Charles Leclerc as world champion at Ferrari. Bring back Ross Braun. Is it going to take another five <laughs> years and a lot of near misses? Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. A podcast episode 604, and we discuss Charlotte <laughs> yeah. finally as a world champion. Um, but we've only got one man left to talk about then, Jamie. And re- I mean, it's just an easy one, isn't it? Max yeah. Verstappen, driver of the year, wasn't he? Definitely driver of the year. Been unreal for the most part. Um, of course, season started with two DNFs in three races, which wasn't great. But really, ever since then, he's kind of been untouchable. Um, yeah, yeah, incredible. Incredible. I think Max. the biggest points deficit ever to come back from as well. Really? Albeit he had 19 races to do so. But I don't <laughs> think anyone's come back from him 46 points 46? Well, Vettel was yeah. 40 behind over the summer break. In Vettel was 42 behind, which is the second biggest gap ever wow. in Formula 1. I'd have thought it's Vettel came back also... from more in 2010 as well. But no, no. Not. Vettel was always right there. It's often forgotten about. Hamilton would have done in 2016 had he uh, actually won the championship. Yeah, had he not had been absolutely Patronus. <laughs> Maybe he should have started well in any maybe, race. Maybe, I mean, it is mad, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I was thinking about this a couple of days ago, in fact, that Rosberg barely won that world title when Hamilton arguably had one of his worst years in Formula 1. Yeah. And he still almost brought it back in the end. Um, but let's not talk about it. I mean, it just goes to show how much Hamilton lives rent-free in your head, Jamie. That was <laughs> I was thinking about, about, about and, and you Rosberg. have to talk about Lewis Hamilton still. Nah, all about bringing um, Rosberg, the GOAT. Right, okay, okay. I mean, yeah, um, Max Verstappen, yeah. 15 wins... Not many pole positions this year, but we've said it before. Max actually isn't that great a qualifier. No, over no, one lap. his race pace is certainly the one versus his qualifying pace. Well, we saw that 
given he had about 16 chances to break the record for youngest pole sitter and didn't um, back in the day Uh, yeah I think it's been his best season yet in Formula 1 only arguably what two poor races of his own accord obviously the seventh in Silverstone was because he picked up a bit of damage Singapore that mistake against Lando and then Sao Paulo was in a pretty avoidable crash with Hamilton Um, it was completely avoidable well, fact, Hamilton Jamie, turned in, maybe. You'd argue it was on purpose from Verstappen. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go yeah. near that subject. Apart from that, though, yeah, pretty much an almost flawless season, wasn't yeah. it, from Verstappen? Record-breaking. Record-breaking, exactly. Exactly. And I think it's fair that, you know, him and Lando Norris, you know, Lando didn't really ever have a car that could show just how good he's been this year. You yeah. know, it would have been nice if McLaren... Like, it, I reckon, honestly, if McLaren had the Alpine car this year... There might have been a few occasions where he could have rustled Mercedes feathers a bit more as yeah. well. Well, Alonso was what you got two exactly. front starts, didn't he? A couple of times, or top yeah. three starts, sorry. I would have loved to have seen what Lando could have done in a top top car this year. Is there anything else to add, though, Jamie? We've kind of rattled through these quite quickly. I'm just having a bit of a look through the order. Um, I'm fairly think... happy. I'm fairly happy with that. I don't think there's much else uh, that needs to be changed across the roster. Where would you have put Roman Grosjean? Out of interest. <laughs> Where would I put Roman Grosjean down there. this year? He was down here. Um, no? Nah. It's, it's I don't impossible know IndyCar. to say, Jamie. It's impossible to say. Um, anything else to add, though? Or have we have we managed to do a tier list that wasn't too controversial? Uh, I think we've smashed it, to be honest. I think we have absolutely nailed this. Let us know down in the comments below how badly wrong you think we've got it <laughs> over the course of this year because I'm sure there will be a lot of people telling me that Verstappen had a doo-doo year, Lando Norris is bad and Fernando Alonso uh, is goat. still the greatest to ever do it uh, despite being 56 years old and getting beaten by the... I've, I've heard uh, sorry Esteban Ocon described before as the rat from Ratatouille uh, which I think is quite funny. That's quite um, harsh. Or, the, or is it the one from like Flushed Away or something? Oh yeah, remember. that's very much more reasonable. Off the top yeah. of my head. But thank you all so much for listening as always. We will be back next week. We don't actually quite know yet what we're going to do next week, but it's going to be another fun winter-themed podcast. But yeah, like I said, let us know how badly wrong we got this down below and we will return very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>